0: The Author's Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, The Author's Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join The Author's Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you in to your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, The Author's Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, The Author's Porch connects writers with a service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey, everybody, welcome to the author's porch where every good conversation happens and we shine the spotlight on the author. Today, we are talking to Sedona Ash. How are you doing, Sedona?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you. And thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm excited to talk to you Uh, I've been watching your journey on my personal Facebook page and seeing some great things that you're doing and before we get into our conversation that's why I was like wait wait let's stop talking and let's press record because we were already getting started but I want to tell the audience a little bit about you real quick Uh, Sedona Ash is the exciting new voice in paranormal shifter romance and epic urban fantasy hailing from a small town in Tennessee near the great smoky mountains sedona enjoys reading and writing stories filled with paranormal powerful females and sexy supernatural shifter men that sounds yummy right there i'm like okay (laughs) i'm sold (laughs) yeah yeah so uh, i
1: I, i really i enjoy the being able to just create whatever world and not be confined so using that paranormal, you know, if I want them to have this power or this backstory, you know, I'm free to do whatever I want. Of course, it's a pain because you have to remember all that so you don't later contradict yourself.
0: You know, it's funny because I've often had to go back and be like, hold on a minute. What color was that person's hair? How, how do you remember like a whole power?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I will say it got easier. Um I had a lady sit down and sometimes they call them like a series Bible. There's several different words that they use and I just have had too much going on and I was wasting a lot of time trying to flip between the books within a series to find somebody's eye color or a name that I may have given a side character that I hadn't expected to show back up and she sat down and wrote this out, maybe spreadsheets with each character, their physical traits and any detailed conversation points that I might need and their powers. And so that has made such a difference. It was almost like a map for my books and I can just reference it. it was absolutely worth it. <laughs>
0: That is genius. Hey, if you guys are out there listening, that is a little nugget right there that you need to understand and you need to have. If you're writing a series with all kinds of little bits and bobs in it, you need to have that uh, little series Bible, series map, whatever it is. That's that's super cool. Like, my eyes are bulging. Thank God we're not on live right now. People will be like, why are your eyes bulging out of your head, CJ? <laughs> I, when
1: when I first saw that she, this this person offered it, this assistant offered it, I thought, oh, I, gotta, I have a good memory. I, I won't need that. And then I started writing the second book in the series, and I was shocked at how many little things would actually matter because, you know, the readers are invested in these stories. This is a world you're creating for them to disappear into. And it's jarring if, you know, some of them get a little deep and then they're like, wait a minute, that's not right. So it, yeah, it was worth it. And um, I mean, you can find somebody just, I pay her uh, about, I think I paid, paid her about $100 per book. My books are about 50,000 words. So it wasn't a mind, you know, a bank breaking investment in, in my books
0: yeah huh that's very interesting i had never heard that i mean i haven't written a series yet i haven't written anything uh deep in like you've been writing um and (laughs) you are like a writing guru and before we came on and started recording you told me what time did you go to sleep for i went to
1: sleep at 4 a.m i am so tired so i'm just gonna apologize to the listeners now if i (laughs) stumble over some words I haven't slept properly in a week. Um, The night before I went to bed at three to take a nap for two hours to get back up at five and start again. And it was just September was a crazy month. There was some health issues with uh, family members. We had to do several traveling things. And it was just like every day I would be like, I'm I'm going to write. And there'd be a 100 things that needed my attention. So I kind of just had to start spending my nights finishing this last book.
0: Wow. And which book is this? Which number is this?
1: This is Unexpected Heat, and it's the third book in my Dragon Goddess series, which is Mm -hmm. the first that's the my very first book was the first book in that series, Unexpected Mate. I mean, sorry, Unexpected Shift. So this actually completed the series. So when it goes Mm -hmm. live, I will have my first completed series. I'm pretty excited about that. Yay. But it's my fifth published book.
0: Okay. Wow. And is this genre, the genre you've always written in, or is this like a a new genre for you?
1: Um, I have actually. This is this is the only genre that I have written in so far. Um, I I love to read in in multiple genres. In fact, my favorite is probably cozy mystery, mm-hmm. and um, with I like the psychological thrillers is my, is my second favorite. So I somehow ended up. In fantasy and uh, paranormal, but I, I I really really enjoy that. I do plan next year to release a cozy misty cozy mystery series, and I even have the covers and everything ready. I just want to sit down because that you know those you really want to catch readers with those those plots when there's a mystery.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Oh man, those are those are hard. You have to pl- not. Pl- I wouldn't say plot those out because I'm not a plotter, uh but you have to really pay attention to make sure you don't have holes in certain things because when people read a mystery, band they they get really into it. I don't know if they get into oh, they it as do. much. Yeah, I'm wondering if they get into it as much as like. Yeah, I think they get into it way more than any of the other genres. So you um you read in multiple genres and you write in fantasy, but so, do you think that the fantasy genre picked you, or or was it something that you had an interest in and you went after it and you learned about it, or was it something that just just spoke to you?
1: I think for me, I loved. You know, I'm a mom. I have three kids. I also have um, some some health issues like fibromyalgia and Hashimoto. Some things that do make me very tired. And that Mm -hmm. means there are days that I do spend a lot of time just in bed because I'm hurting or, you know, that type of thing. And so for me, I think that while I love the psychological thrillers, at some point I'm just looking for a light read, you know, Mm -hmm. something very over the top fun. And I don't necessarily want a cozy mystery where the whole time my brain is trying to figure out who done it. And I started reading, you know, a focus on paranormal romance. And I just loved that. And then it was like, wait, I really wish there was a book about a dragon at shifter that did this and this. And in the end I was like, couldn't find one. And I thought, well, then I guess I need to write it. Um, mm. So that's kind of how I I ended up in the paranormal romance.
0: Yeah. Take the bull by the horns. If you can't find it, make it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I actually started, the first book back in 2013 on a, a whim. And um, have you heard of Wattpad? Yeah. It's uh, like a, a website where you post in serial. So you post one chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. And I posted a few chapters up there. Just again, this was just for fun. And then I forgot about it. And I logged into Wattpad at the, probably about summer of 2020 last year. And it had 185,000 reads and a bunch of people yeah. were like, how dare you not finish the story? And one person was even like, I'm going to come for you if
0: you don't finish it. I was like, whoa. Oh, so, When you were a kid, what what type of books did you read as a child? Um,
1: my favorite was actually, I loved biographies. Really? And I live in a, yes, I live in a very small town. I grew up in a very small town. And so the library was the big deal. And I think I read almost every book in the library And as soon as I turned 13, I convinced them to let me be a volunteer. Mm -hmm. They had me working in the children's section for probably a week before I got moved to the adult section so that I could help file the books. And because they felt like I knew where more things were because I'd spent so much time there. I loved the biographies. I loved history. That's one of my you know, I'm just very passionate about history. And from there, once I would read all the biographies, I started reading historical fiction and mm-hmm. you know you'd run across an element in a historical fiction whether it was you know a mystery like a mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes kind of thing and it was like ooh i like this uh, trope or i like this you know this, this idea and then i would kind of go off down the rabbit trail after those books mm-hmm. or i'd read something that had introduced an element of fantasy and it was like well that i didn't think i'd like that but i do so i've i've kind of read almost everything i could get my hands on
0: mm. You know, there is this podcast, when I very first learned about podcasts in general, which wasn't too long ago, funny enough, um, uh, a gentleman at work when I worked at a community college told me about this podcast called Lore. And I started listening to it and it is about weird history, like this history that you wouldn't even think was real, but it's real history. But when you listen to it, you would think that it's fantasy, so Really, you, I haven't yeah.
1: saved, but I've never actually li- got, got around to listening to an episode yet. So now I'm intrigued.
0: Yes, because when they tell you about it, it's real things that have happened in history. But you, it is so outlandish that you would think it is fantasy. And it, <laughs> now amazing. that you're now that you're saying you love history and you write fantasy, I'm like that is the type of stuff that can inspire fantasy writers. It's For just, sure. For just sure. I have a little clicked. notebook.
1: It just kinda yeah, clicked in my notebook. head.
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh
1: yeah. I I love that too. And I've I've written down some I'll see some newspaper articles
0: yeah. or,
1: you know, or the ideas. Somebody around me will say, Oh my goodness, could you imagine if that would have happened? and I'm like oh
0: <laughs> hey <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I it, my my notes on my, my little notes app and my notebooks I have a notebook everywhere like every seat in the house has oh. a notebook either under it or beside it
0: you I don't know how to. I'm ever gonna
1: find them <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I think this is my theory about stories and characters I think they find you when they're meant to like all of a yes. sudden and it's funny because I wrote um about two paragraphs of a story in 2019 off of a conversation I had with my daughter, I tucked it away and I thought I'm never going to write anything about that, but I needed to get it out of my head because it wasn't even a genre that That I wrote it was just kind of a thought that I had I I tucked it away and then I got to talking to uh, this graphic designer and I was like hey I've wrote something like that before and we got to talking and now we're actually creating something out of it three years later it just it came to you when it was supposed to and I think that's how stories are meant to come about for the most part that's just my theory
1: yes I agree I think you have to have that that spark and excitement because I have several ideas for books, you know, Mm -hmm. know, basic, again, I I am a pantser, but I have a basic, you know, what I think is going to happen at the beginning, middle and end. Mm -hmm. And so I know I could sit down and write the book, but some of them, you know, are just going to come easier because at that moment, the characters just seem more alive in your head. And, you know, it, it can make you wonder a little bit about your own sanity when they seem to be, Very real. That was (laughs) that was the thing that no one warned me. Like if somebody says, what is the one thing that you wish you'd been warned or you was unexpected was characters doing whatever they want and and you being shocked. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I, you know, I've had characters do things that I didn't know was coming until basically I wrote it. And then I just sat there and just stared at the screen like, well, why did you do that for? Or, you know, how dare you? That was not the plan. And, and it's like, it's like chasing ducks or rounding up cats or hurting toddlers. I don't know. And I'm like, you know, I'll be put out. I have put my laptop down and before and been like, see, I, I just can't even do this with you guys. <laughs> and then yeah, and I try to tell my husband this and he just stares at me like, you know, Oh, your, your voices are back. You know, they're not, that's a joke. Yeah. But um, yeah. And it's just like, they're very, very real. And I'll read sometimes about these people that do these really heavy developmental, you know, edits. And it's scary to me because I'm thinking, I don't think I can make my characters do things. (laughs) They kind of do what they want. We can, you know, I can work around and change some dialogue and and things like that. But um, my characters have a life of their own and it's shocking.
0: Yeah. Before I started talking to authors, I used to have to, my, my standard phrase was my characters tell me what needs to happen in the story, but they don't audibly speak to me. Like I had to put that disclaimer in there before I, before I started talking to authors, but now I talk to authors. I don't have to say that because we understand each other when we say that.
1: <laughs> yes, as soon as you say it, it's like, yep, yep. That's you know, that, you're in a, a good part of the story when that's happening, <laughs> because again, just like you said, they're not talking. I don't know until I've typed it. You know, yeah. I, I have a book I wrote, and the concept is, okay, so you know the the mythology of the phoenix. They, you know, they die and they're reborn into, you know, reborn out of the ashes. Right. So I'm a very clumsy person who finds ways, I mean, to trip and hurt myself. And (laughs) I'm very talented. That is one of my life skills (laughs) is to survive that many, many accidents. So it came to me one time and I thought, how funny would it be if you had a clumsy Phoenix? So Mm -hmm. basically she has all these accidents and dies and comes back and she comes back naked. Embarrassingly, each time this because her clothes would burn, right? So, the concept I'm dying, my husband thinks I've, I'm completely have lost it. So, in this book, I get to this scene, and it's a very serious scene. Like, I, I set out to write this, you know, it was going to be humorous, but it was going to be kind of like a darkish, bully romance, and it ended up being some kind of weird rom-com and I'm like okay let's go with that so but I got to the point of the book where it was like a real serious talk and you know I sat down and I was focused and I was like okay this is how you know here's the emotions here's the people that need to talk and I was really into it and they said something in the book that had her mouth dropping open and she sucked in a bug right because you know we always say shut your mouth before you catch a fly well she chokes and dies Oh but I God. didn't know that was going to happen. So I was mad because I had to work. I, I don't love dialogue. And I really worked myself up for that scene. Like, okay, oh. now tonight is the night. I'm hyped up on caffeine. Let's do this. Oh and my- she died on me. And I was mad. I was a little bit salty about that.
0: <laughs> my cheeks hurt right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like, Oh, I, I should have saved that back. for a visual. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got the visual. <laughs> my cheeks hurt so bad right now this that is classic that is
1: yeah I have a reader who was reading early and she she said well what what happened after that and I said I because it was the next day and I said well I don't know and I was still kind of a little mad about it and she said well why don't you know and I said well because I haven't finished writing it I had to take a break
0: (laughs) You're like I'm not talking to her right now. She has to wait. <laughs> that's pretty
1: much how I felt. Because it was like now I had to get back into this whole scene. And yeah. Anyways, so that's probably my best example of a character just really taking on a life of its
0: own. But that makes yeah. it so much fun. It does. And which book is this? Because that that has to be read.
1: <laughs> it's called Um Clutz, Phoenix Down. And the premise is at the beginning, her plane goes down into the Amazon jungle. And there are many, many ways to die there.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I could imagine. Now, one of the things I have been watching is you've been having some great success. And you've been, um, you know, just showing people, you know, the this has been a wonderful success that I've had. And how have you been able to market it or what has been one of your contributing factors to your great success other than writing a great book? Cause that's number one, you have to write a great book or you're not going to, nothing's going to help you with that success. Right. what's Well what oh, is that's the true.
1: Other... You might get people to read it, but that doesn't mean that they'll come back for more.
0: Exactly. So what is one of the contributing factors? What have you done? What has it been marketing? Has it been just, you've had a great support system. What is, if you could I share it was,
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm happy. That's you, you've seen the post. And that was because when I was doing all my research, those little posts were both encouraging. And I yeah. was I was able to kind of pick little pieces that I thought might work for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, like I said, I'm a mommy, I do a lot of things, and I knew that if I wanted to do this and really try to do something with my career as an author, I didn't have the time to take on all the tasks that are going to need to be done. So my mm-hmm. first goal. Um, Actually, my first goal was I wanted to make money to go out and get my biscuit every morning for breakfast. That was like, I was so happy. I was like, making $20 a day. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So my
0: biscuit, biscuit money. That, you know, that's so funny. <laughs> I said that I would sit in the parking or in the uh, drive thru at McDonald's and I, I'd be like, come on, guys, I need my biscuit. It's so funny that you said that.
1: It, it's a running joke with my, my husband, as he would always tease me about I, but I was going to spend the retirement on a biscuit. Like, it's not <laughs> that big of a deal. But I said, well, fine, I'll just make my own biscuit money. And again, just all <laughs> joking. Um, we're, we're, we're very sarcastic and, and silly like that. So now I get to say it's my biscuit, but I, I'm a, not a good morning person. And not having to make breakfast is like just a little blessing in my life. So anyways, that was my first goal. And then I said, though, as soon as I got to the point to where I could pay an assistant, even just for a few hours, I was going to get an author assistant just to kind of help with that social media engagement in the group um, to help me with the newsletters. Little little things like that, things that I could learn to do, but I could would also prefer to spend that time, what what time I have in in my day, perfecting my writing, spending more time with my books and and working Mm -hmm. on that part of it. So that was, I do believe, a a big thing for me. And I know that's not something everybody can do. But basically, I made, the first month I published, I made just over $600. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yep, all right. So if this goes again in the next month, I'm going to hire some help. After that, I do think the covers are a big deal for me personally. Um, one, I'm, I'm a photographer and I'm very big on making sure that your images are copyright, you know, you, that you have the rights to use them, that you have the license. But that is what sells your book. I mean, I've, I've read a few books because they were gifted to me that I never would have picked based on the cover, but I love the book when I read it. And so, you know, there's people that are probably overlooking that book. Yep. So I mo- my my covers are very, very um, they fit my genre. You know, every genre has that look that readers are going for. And it does change, too. And I made sure that my mine definitely fit so that that would hook the reader in. From there, I so I had my help. And I had, you know, the very nice covers. I worked hard on the book, so I do think there is a, a big part of that. I don't read as much lately in the paranormal, and part of that is because I want, when I think of an idea, I don't want it to accidentally be something that I've absorbed recently from another mm-hmm. book. Uh, just because I, I I like it when my readers comment and say, "Whoa, where did that come from? I've not heard that spin on a fae before, or you know, something like that." Yeah. And recently, um, a couple months when I released Klutz, so I was doing I was doing fairly well with the first books Mm -hmm. because I had the first in the Dragon series and the second. And then I released Klutz and things kind of just really took off and it it got a lot of traction, which I was hoping based on posts I'd seen that maybe I would get that traction around my sixth book or my 10th book, because that's Mm. what a lot of people say. So I was surprised and not quite ready for it. Um and not complaining, just, you know, it was like I had this plan in my head and everything got accelerated. And I, I was trying to juggle, I had started trying to do ads, the Facebook ads. I had tinkered with them, like maybe five to ten dollars a day, but starting in the middle of June, I really started like, okay, let's get an ad, let's figure out what works and let's increase it. But I was spending an hour and a half a day on mm. tinkering with these ads. And for some people, you know, that is a smart use of their time. For me, I don't have that much time and it was really cutting into my writing time. I mean, in an hour and a half, I can write a chapter. (laughs) So it's it's better for me to not spend my time on that. So it it took some work. I found a company that actually does ads. It's called uh, Aurora Publishing or Aurora's author assistance. And they offer different things. Um, That's not my author assistant that I use. She's with, they're called Mer Babes. Um, she's with them. But Aurora, they actually offer packages for the AMS ads, BookBub ads, and Facebook ads. And they were really great to talk to me. And so they've taken over this month, just this month so far. And I'm not having to worry about ads. And I cannot tell you how much of a relief it is that I don't have to handle <laughs> the, that part of it. I don't have to look at the numbers. I, I'm not a number person a creative person yeah so i do think it's part it, it was a lot to do with just good artwork and a good team
0: that that's good i'm glad that you had that because it it is hard starting out and it is challenging trying to learn so many aspects of the author world and that was one of the reasons why i said well I, I still don't understand all the ads and I still don't understand all of the marketing, but you know, I understand talking to people and I understand lifting people up so i can i can do that for authors so here let me let me offer this opportunity to give them a spotlight which is through the podcast and live cast and blog posts and stuff like that so um those are the things that 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 i said okay well i can do that at least (laughs) um yeah so
1: for sure uh, it's good to go with what you're what your strengths are. And I think sometimes we tend to think, or at least I tend to think, well, I can learn to do that. You know, it just, Mm -hmm. all I need is an hour. And then you keep doing that and adding more and more to your plate and you're overwhelmed. And it's like, well, why not? You know, at some point you do have to look and say, I'm never going, I know for me, I will never be an ads expert. I can Mm -hmm. learn, I can scrape by. I didn't do a terrible job. In fact, they were, they told me, wow, for someone who says they don't know anything, you did a pretty good job. But I'm not going to do as good as someone who actually does this, that knows right. the market and knows what trends are going on. Better for me to focus on perfecting myself in the in my own lane and the things where one I want to you know grow as a, as an author and a person, um, but the things that I enjoy too. Hmm.
0: Now, you said something really interesting because I didn't know there were there were author assistants out there. So that's a good little nugget piece of information as well that um, authors can go and kind of look into for their kind of toolbox of information they can have with them and see if it can fit within their budget, because that that is definitely going to help a lot to take some of that little stuff off their plate.
1: And I was scared when I first started looking, I had assumed, you know, you think about it, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to you know, hire a person. And, you know, when you're making six, six hundred a month, that's kind of scary. It's like I can't afford it. But what you'll find is there's, there's actually Facebook groups like the um, authors seeking PAs or PA um, author meet groups. If you search it and as an author, you can go in there and post, you know, these are the tasks I would like help with. You can even post your budget and they'll say, okay, we'll send you a message, but, and, and it does vary. I mean, there's, there's assistance that will charge you upwards of $500 a month, but then there's assistance that will just say, you just want me to do your newsletter. That's $50 a month just mm. to do, you know, and I'll do the graphics and I'll do this and I'll do swaps for you. There's some that it's a hundred dollars a month and they will do everything, everything on your list that you want as far as social media and, and that type of thing. Then there's some that it's, you know, an hour and you can just pick how many hours you want and you, they roll over to the next month if you don't use them. So you're, you know, you could buy four hours if you wanted, but then kind of spread it out if you needed to. So there it's not quite as unapproachable as at least as I had originally thought it would be.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of authors get scared about the business side of it. And I think that's what is what stops most of their growth um yes when I start talking to them. So that's some great advice. And I think that that is amazing advice. Some some that we don't get uh when we have this podcast. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What, what do you think it, throughout the whole time that you've been writing books and the since the first time you published your very first book, what has been your greatest success in your eyes? Oh um,
1: honestly, and this might sound silly that I did it, that I put <laughs> the first book up there. You know, it's so easy to keep nitpicking and nitpicking and never feeling ready. And it's absolutely terrifying to, as a, especially as a self-published author, to make the decision that it's ready, that it, that it's good enough, that you're going to put it out in the world forever, never, amen. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think that really that was my, my, my big moment. and, then I have to say when I released Clutz, the, the first book, I had these characters, but I didn't and, and I love the characters, but I didn't necessarily embody the characters. I wrote them based on, you know, like I said, the characters, how they I saw them in my mind. Clutz, I really I have a wacky personality and, and people that know me or are on my personal Facebook. Know I'm a, I'm a little strange. And <laughs> I kind of just let that personality out. And that was scary because it was like, you know, My humor can be a a little much and I worried, you know, my first books did well, in my opinion. And then I was like, I'm going to put this out there and people are going to be like, what happened? (laughs) And instead it just took off and it was like, wow, you know, one, I don't, I don't suck. (laughs) But two, it was kind of neat to have people say, I laughed at the most inappropriate time. And I woke my husband up and (laughs) people are looking at me weird. And and the best is when they say, "Um, I plan to go to bed and I ended up staying up all night to finish it. And that's like the ultimate
0: compliment. Yeah, it is. That's so cool. I, I'm looking forward to staying up all night because after I heard <laughs> that she she ate the bug part, I'm, like I'm still laughing over that. <laughs> my my
1: PA made an ad like a little graphic with something a line about the the bug the beetle and how it died a hero and she died of embarrassment, basically um, something, something <laughs> along those lines. And I looked at it and I thought, well, that's such a, that's a, there. Nobody's going to get that reference unless they've read the book, okay. but I had so many orders come in and people are leaving reviews saying, I only read the book
0: because I saw this thing about a beetle and I, <laughs> Oh my God. It's, that's a classic graphic like that. <laughs> uh that would have oh, made me yeah. want to read the book. That that was. Oh, okay. So the so the beetle would have done every too <laughs> Yeah, that would have. I would have been like, I need to read that book. Like, there's some like there's an undertone to that graphic that goes, Oh, I've got to know what happened. Like, I've got to <laughs> know. Like the whole book.
1: Oh. <laughs> if you read it, I hope you enjoy it. But, yes. Um, I, I dare I dare you to do it without laughing. I think that's going to be my new challenge. Oh my See if gosh. you can. <laughs>
0: Well, I can't I'm already laughing now I don't have any
1: <laughs> I know if we'd done this as the visual interview that would have been really entertaining
0: yes it would have So one of the things that I find very fascinating and I love um, when authors have this amazing support system, and it already sounds like you have a great one. You've talked about your husband, your kids, your PA, and some folks that have helped you along the way. Um, How do you feel that your support system has impacted your success?
1: Um, Well, anybody that's an author is going, I think would relate to this. It's lonely. It's lonely. I mean, I, I'm an introvert. I, I enjoy myself and I can have fun in a crowd. But if given the choice, I'm going to take a book and a cup of tea and stay in bed. Hmm. Um, and But still, when you're sitting there for hours and you're not really like watching TV or interacting with people, your family it can be very lonely to sit there and I feel like having the each of these people my husband and you know my mother-in-law and my PAs and stuff that has made you know it it keeps your energy up obviously when you hit publish and you start seeing reviews and, and people start messaging you to tell you how much they enjoyed it that's exciting and encouraging but you've already really done the hard work at that point. You've already sat there for those hours and stared at a screen while you were alone. So I think that support system is really important to keep your energy up while you're and and make you feel like, hey, I've got people, you know, we've got this. I'm not alone. And and when you're sitting there at four in the morning, nearly in tears and spelling words that don't exist, you know, it's like, you know, (laughs) I I have a I have a friend. um, I hired her as an alpha reader and now she's become like a friend and she lives on the other side of the world and it's perfect. Cause when one goes to sleep, the other one wakes up. Yeah. So it's like I got a round the clock cheerleader now.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to quote you. Hey, I've got people.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. My husband said something about, I said, I need to figure out how to do this. And he said, well, I thought that's what your PA did. And I'm like, that's right. I have people. And <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have strutted around like a peacock and then told my people oh. that I love them.
0: Totally would have totally would have done that <laughs> myself. I think I think we have very similar personalities. I'm loving it. Where um, awesome. where can people where can people find you?
1: Um, you can find me at sedonaash.com that'll take you straight to Amazon and all my books are, are there. I have a reading group which you can search for Sedona Ash Romance Readers or you can just go to my Facebook page which is Sedona Ash and it will have the group linked there.
0: Awesome. And what upcoming projects do you have?
1: Actually, tomorrow I will be starting on the second book of Klutz. So she um, has to continue her mini-me deaths. <laughs> this is going to be
0: fun. Like, I I don't know what it is about her, but I want to be BFFs with her already. <laughs>
1: oh, that's what, yeah. I have gotten that a few times. It's like, and then I got a lot of people messaging me mad when the book ended and they're like, I didn't expect that. I'm like, guess what? I didn't either. <laughs> so, this, yes, I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun project. And um, going back to sharing numbers, there are over 3,300 pre-orders for that book. And it's only been live for two months. And I, you know, my first book, I was like 100 pre-orders. I thought I had made it. I was, I was it. And now it's just like seeing that kind of support is just, it's truly, truly mind boggling.
0: Wow. And daunting. Because
1: I have seriously, I'm dealing with like imposter syndrome right now. Because it's like, well, now what if, what if I'm not as funny? What if I, what if I have to stay up till four in the morning to be that funny? This is going to kill me.
0: (laughs) Your best lines are going to come at four o'clock in the morning when you don't even know it because you're half asleep.
1: Yes. It's usually at two, actually. Two is the magic hour. That's when I'm like in between laughter and tears. And Mm -hmm. these ideas will come and I write them because at this point I just don't care. And I'm like, (laughs) I know I'm going to delete it tomorrow. But I'm sitting there and I'm laughing and it's like, wait, I need somebody to laugh with me. I go on to bed and the next day they're like, oh, this was great. We're going to, you know, don't don't take that out. So I'll just, you know, kind of clean the scene up <laughs> and and that type of thing. So, uh, yes, most of the scenes that people have raved over truly were at 2 a.m. when you know, I guess that's the magic hour where the insanity hits.
0: Uh, The magic hour is before the witching hour. I'm going to remember that. So when I wake up at two, I'm going to stay up till three and then close my eyes tightly at three. When the witching hour is when all the people writing those horror stories wake up at three, I'm going to remember that. So um, So
1: that is the line of insanity. (laughs) I didn't know that. I'll be sure to stop
0: at three. There you go. There you go. We've all learned something tonight. So before we head out for, for the evening um and for the podcast uh what do you have any last words something that maybe we didn't cover that you want to cover for your fans and for any other guests that may be listening to the podcast
1: um, stop thinking about it stop you know stop worrying about are you good enough is it good enough go sit down go put your butt in the chair glue it if you have to and start writing your first book i, I heard this so many times and it's so true your first book's not going to be the best one but I mean, you do your best, you work really hard at it, but you need to get to that next project because every word you write is just getting you closer and closer and pushing you to, towards your goals.
0: Mm. Yes. I had to stay silent after that for a minute because I want to take a gavel and just put like court adjourned after that. that <laughs> mic <Mike> drop. <laughs> yeah. Mic drop, court adjourned, all the above, because that's that's so true. So I don't want to thank you for so much for being on uh, the podcast today because those were some wonderful words, some huge nuggets that you dropped on every author or some aspiring authors that could possibly read the read. What are they reading? They're not, they're listening, listening to the podcast. (laughs) I really appreciate it. And I'm, I had a great time. Like I seriously was belly laughing and I love belly (laughs) laughing. So I can't wait to read your book, to discover some more of your work, to see all your beautiful animals uh, on your page and all the other wonderful things that you're going to be doing. And I hope to see you again sometime soon. Yes, I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. So guys, don't forget to join us here on the porch uh, to find your next great read, your new favorite author, and listen in on the best advice in the industry. We also have issue number two of the Author's Porch magazine coming up on Amazon October the 5th. We can't wait to see you again next time where we shine the spotlight on the author and where every conversation, every good conversation happens. (laughs) Good night, everybody.